welcome, Andrew. Welcome to the corner of the floor by the windows where we would sit yeah. at lunch every day. Peanut butter surprise, With the bitches. peanut butter surprise. Mm, peanut butter surprise. <laughs> I can't believe you guys don't remember peanut butter surprise. It it scarred me. Maybe I, maybe I repressed it. Like, maybe it was too traumatic and I just- I think you probably did. I, I can't eat peanuts, so I never actually ate peanut butter surprise. Well, you weren't allergic back oh. then, were you? That's true. I I think I was probably just maybe that's like the cat. Maybe that was the catalyst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the catalyst. The the peanut butter. Surprise, oh yeah, there you go. Which, um, as I explained off mic, but I will now explain for the podcast listeners, was when the cooks in our lunchroom would take whatever was left on the cutting board from mm-hmm. the other desserts and scoop it into a vat of peanut yeah. butter and serve Good it. Times. I didn't even eat the school <sighs> lunch because my doctors were like, "You shouldn't eat gluten. You have stomach problems." But it. It turns out I just have anxiety. I can eat gluten. Ah, uh, that's relatable content. <laughs> I love peanut butter, and that frightens me. I would still me. eat it. Honestly, it sounds good to me. <laughs> what the fuck? Peanut butter surprise, Caitlin. You're a garbage machine, and I love that about you. Uh, you and your dog have that in common. <laughs> I do. used to trade my uh, carton of chocolate milk for a. Um, my friend would always bring fluffer nutter sandwiches, which oh, is peanut butter yes, and marshmallow yes. fluff, oh, and nice. it was on it was on potato bread, and I don't oh. know what about that made that so like oh my god, so a fluffer nutter sandwich. Like potato bread is so soft bread. and a little bit sweet. Oh, oh, I'd kill a man. I'd kill a man for a fluffer nutter. It would kill me, but oh, <laughs> <laughs> you could do a cashew fluffer nutter cat. I could. It would cost a Midas price, mm, but I would, would do it. But you could Worth do it. it. You could. Pay the dark price, Catherine. The dark price of Trader Joe's cashew butter, eight dollars. Pay, pay the devil's <laughs> price for the cashew sandwich, Catherine. Oh, it's okay. I've already paid the Trader Joe's dark price for cashew butter. Mm. I know this. <laughs> You're eating it out of the tube right now. <laughs> it comes in a jar, Andrew. Jar. I'm so sorry. My my partner bakes. My partner bakes, and she got fluff, a marshmallow fluff for a recipe. And I was like, she like turned around from the pantry with it in her hands, and I saw it. And I probably haven't had it since like middle school. And I was just like, what are you holding? <laughs> I want some right now. And so I had a fluff or nutter sandwich for the first time in like years and? Uh, this past week. It, it still holds up. Nice. It's amazing. It's so comforting. A little glass of milk, you know, right before bed. And then all the pandemic dreams. Yeah. <sighs> nice and cozy. Good combo. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like it just sounds so sweet now. Like, well, it's actually not, depending on how you have it. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, I mean, had the it. ratio. Yeah, you have to get the ratio right. Weirdly, I didn't know what a fluffernutter was until um, Winter Soldier came out, and I consumed, like, a lot of um, Steve Bucky fan fiction all at once. And for some reason yeah, in the fan did. fictions, <laughs> Sam was like big on to Fluffernutters. In all the nice. fan fictions? I don't know. Well, it was like, consi- but it was in more than one. It was in more than one for sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, hey, well, how about um, let's play some D&D. Last time, uh, Corbin and Slake, you arrived in some bad, bad lands. And when you were bunking down for the night after uh, having a little, little check-in, emotional check-in, uh, you 
were rudely awakened by some mysterious quakes and magical explosions, and you went to investigate only to find a mysterious goth librarian named Rupert who was fighting a demon. You jumped in and uh, helped him kill the demon who called him a pretender and then died. Uh, So you took this as a sign that you should definitely follow this guy, and uh, you went back to his house, had some tea, um, and he told you all about this place you are. He says it's a thin place, a place that is close to the void, and uh, told you that he is carrying on his parents' research, trying to find a way to pierce the veil and enter the void. And then he led you over to his bookshelf. And that is where we are now. Yes, to the bookshelf. Rupert uh, approaches, and after like a few stacks of books knock over, he's just like, this one. Ah, here it is. And he picks up a book, and he brings it over, and he just flips through it a bunch of times and lays it down on the coffee table. And he kind of goes into... Uh, librarian research mode and pulls out these big circle glasses and like puts them on to do his little actually little vibe and he says well it it seems your first-hand experience does match up with many of of what is written and uh, perhaps told of the void uh, there's a few things though that need to be understood if if you're wanting to get something from there you see the the void it's like it's like looking up at the sky at night and seeing stars and being mesmerized not by the blinking lights but by the dark black that is behind them between them even that is what the void is like it is as if you are in a space between something like a you know that which is not And if you were to go there as a mortal, yes, you would not be able to breathe, so not good. But as long as there's a magical connection and he's pointing down at these pages and both pages, there's like one circle on one side and another kind of circle on the other side. And there's it almost looks like bands connecting them. And he says and he points at the bands in the middle that are connecting the circles Let's say this is uh, Avalis here on the left, and let's say this is Avadol. Now, the space in between, there's some kind of, almost like a connection. Gravitational, maybe? I'm not certain. But in that space between, uh, things can exist there, such as mortals, as long as they have magic, connecting them back to their, uh, say, homeworld. So if you had magic and you were from Avalis in the void, that would be able to help you uh, sustain life there. Uh, And um, as you said earlier, Corbin, there could exist gods within this place, perhaps even demons, such as the one that we fought earlier. So all of this would surmise... Uh, I have taken notes, though. If if a god were to be there uh, and was able to escape, there might be some changes within, say, the appearance or something like this. Really, the only way a mortal can come back that I've ever heard of, that is within this book and the many others that I've spent a lifetime researching is making some kind of deal 
with a demon. And that never really works out. So that's why I'm here. Corbin, Corbin, like, has, he looks like he's finally, like, he looks like he's just put together the reason for existence. And he says, so if you make a deal with a demon, you can get somebody out of the void. And let's just say you went into a god's bag and you got stuck in the void and your friend made a deal with someone and a coin was in their hand for a little while. Dashing Dawson is not a god. He is a demon, and we will kill him. We will kill him dead. <laughs> well, that that doesn't quite fit with any of the lore I've heard about Dashing Dawson, but it could be a good estimation. Uh, Slake thoughts, feelings. Murderous intent towards Dashing Dawson. Well, I don't think... I mean, he doesn't need to be a demon to be the worst. Uh, no, but he is definitely a demon and we should kill him. I mean, that aside, uh, is that how you got your magic? A deal with a demon? Uh, no, like I said, my, my magic and my powers and my knowledge come from being a librarian. And he smiles and takes another sip of tea. As you know, the only way to become a librarian... Is to make a deal is with to, a demon. Is to pummel into the <laughs> void and make a deal with a demon and come back, of course. That's that's the MLIS <laughs> degree. <laughs> and that is why I've not taken out any loans to go get that degree quite yet. It's just your your powers do seem like they might be a little like a little voidy, you know? Uh well my therapist says I am a little avoidant. Okay, well, uh Slick and I have to go. It was <laughs> Nice to meet you. Now, now, wait. No, I do not draw my powers from a demon. That is absurd. Look, I I have spent my lifetime studying these things. Um, In them, there are written things about demons, about the void, in order to be able to tell you what I just told you. And in the course of that, yes, I have learned a few tricks of the trade, if you will. How do you think we keep rough patrons out? <laughs> okay. I mean, we don't have a problem with demons. I think we should clarify our friend Fran summons demons all the time. Yeah, it's great. That's true, actually. Borogoro is one of my f- best friends in the whole world. <laughs> We're just really curious. All right, yes. And it, it seems... Uh, well, look, the deal with the demon aside, I... It, we can't make that deal, correct? We are here in, in Avalis, right? You'd know better than we would, I guess. Right. So us being on this side, and he points to the circle on the left trying to get something from here in the middle. Well, we'd have to visit a thin place. That is why I have built this cabin here. I have been slowly gathering more and more information and research, and I believe I've discovered a place that we must visit if we are all wanting to get people out of the space in between or that which is not. Okay. So, let's let's go. The, what what are we sitting around here for? Well, I I am still very hurt after that battle. I believe uh, I believe I shall be spending the night here. But yes, in the morning, I like your enthusiasm, young man. <laughs> Corbin on the back. Ah, oh, teens. Oh yeah. Well, how old how old is Rupert? Oh, you know us librarians. <laughs> Is Rupert an elf? Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention, yes. Okay. So, like, probably 
probably like 800 years old or some shit. Yeah, somewhere around that. Yeah. So yeah, a lifetime okay. for him is like, yeah, a very long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, you all are welcome to crash here on the couches, <laughs> as the teens I want to say. Yeah, that's definitely what the teens say. How do you do, fellow kids? An 800-year-old man. <laughs> Hit with the teens. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Rupert, for your hospitality and, and for helping us. I guess since we're all going to the same place, it couldn't hurt to work together. Not at all. No, I could use the help, as you can see, that anything coming out of the void or protecting this thin place, uh, this these bad, naughty lands, could be very difficult to defeat, so I would very much enjoy the help. It's probably why I haven't ventured into the temple quite yet. Oh, there's a, a temple then? Oh, yes, yeah, that, I mean... But it's not necessarily the temple we're looking for, it's what's within. What's the... is it a temple to a god? That I haven't been able to discover because I've never gone inside. I, Like I said, I am one poor little soul who obviously would have been killed by that thing out there, so I'm very glad that you all showed up. Well, don't worry, Slake has killed a god before, so, like, we'll be fine. <sighs> Hot dog. <laughs> it wasn't a huge deal, but... But I can do it, so... <laughs> That's right, Slate! Don't, don't try anything funny. Well, it seems like we will be well-protected then. Let us, uh, let us tuck in for the night. All right. Uh, so you guys are able to take a long rest, restore those hit points, restore those spell slots. Yay. So overnight, you magically heal up from all of your damage. And I, I will say, as they're kind of, like, as they're falling asleep, Nyx is kind of curled up by the fire, and um, I just kind of play, like, a little loot as as they close their their little teen eyes and when the shield was cleft at last the goddess faced the conquest his teeth black as volcanic glass hair gold as his gilded flesh and there mary decided what name the war invited on the wall of ancient wood? She named herself Survival. All right. So the next morning, you awake in this cozy cottage. The three of you head down to the flatlands below the mesa again, and from there go north into the vast expanse of hard-packed earth. Small lizards dart away from your group, abandoning their sunny rocks. Cat? I know. Let me finish. <coughs> Small lizards dart away from your group, abandoning their sunny rocks to look for cover from the hungry crow which circles above them. Yes, you may animal handle the lizards. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, cat. Little baby lizards. That is 18. You catch a lizard. You befriend that lizard. You can now turn into a lizard. Yes, 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 uh, yes. They're, they're little golden lizards, and they have iridescent scales. Oh, cool. And like uh, silver underbellies. When I turn into the lizard, it's like a black gold, and there's a little white gold spot on its um, chest and then also on its back. Are you? Thank you. Do you do you stay a lizard? Are you traveling as a lizard now? Yes. Does Slake have to carry you because you're a tiny little lizard? Yes. All right. I I mean I I love to hold a good lizard. And uh, Darius peeks out over your shirt pocket, Slake, and eyes that little lizard and goes, "I could take it." <laughs> 
I, I, I pet Darius's little head and I say, shh, buddy, I know, I know. Corbin crawls, Corbin tries to crawl up Slake's arm to get to Derry. I grab Corbin and I say, hey, Rupert, you want to hold this lizard? <laughs> um, not a big fan of reptilians, but uh, sure. I lick my eyeball at you. I give Corbin to Rupert and I say, um, say, Rupert, you haven't been having any weird dreams lately, have you? Like, is any of this for real? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you can't speak. You're a lizard. Uh, I actually understand <laughs> Corbin <laughs> when he says that. Oh, that's right. And I say in lizard. Hello. Um, dreams. No, I mean, as an elf, if if we do have visions during our meditations, they are uh, sparse and usually about uh, the larger anxieties. So I don't typically have dreams now. In lizard, Corbin says, What's the larger anxiety? Usually dreaming about the void, that which haunts me and yet lures me so much closer to my fate. And I look back at the lizard, but I said all that in lizard, so I'm like... You're just like making Just strange. making weird mouth movements and licking my eye. <laughs> is your, is your, um, now hold on, is your elven tongue able to reach your eyeball, or is it just an attempt I don't know, should made? I do a dexterity check, or what? Yeah, if you lick your eye, I'm convinced that you are a fucking demon. But I mean, we're cool with that, so it's fine. Oh, oh, I use, I use minor illusion to, to have it. my tongue go out and slap my eye. Hell yeah. Just a quick God, illusion. well, that's better than the alternative. I turn my whole head into like a lizard head and say that. Yes. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm a librarian. <laughs> okay, so when you are almost there, it is hard to believe you are almost near anything. The landscape is so flat and featureless that an ancient ruin should be visible from miles away. A few minutes later, though, you reach the edge of a pit at the bottom of which is a modest square temple. On the roof, you can spot four paws that are all that remain of a statue which has long since been destroyed. A rope ladder is affixed to the side of the pit, allowing you down to the temple's entrance. Uh, wow, I guess here we are. Yes, this is the temple. I have had little luck uh, entering it, but I believe maybe the demon that we slayed could have been some kind of guardian, so should be safe oh, now. is... Is that how it showed up? Yup. Okay. Well, I don't know, Corbin, what do you think? Well, first Corbin licks his eyeball, because he's still a lizard. Right. And then he leaps onto the ground and turns back into a boy, um, and he says, I'll cast detect traps. There are no traps on the outside of this temple. Can I see inside the temple at all? Nope, nope. Uh, there's a door. How dare you, Catherine? Very well. Luckily, this door swings open easily at your touch. When you enter the temple, just inside you can see traces of some sort of ritual which was performed here. A knife and a bowl with a thin crust of blood on the bottom. Beyond that, there is a stairway further down into the darkness. I, uh, I elbow Rupert, and I point to the crusty blood bowl, and I say, That yours? Hmm. That is not mine, I promise you. But it seems as if others have made their way here. I was wrong about that. I think maybe they are trying to 
purposefully summon demons from the void, utilizing the thin veil of this place. Ah, wretched, wretched people. (laughs) (laughs) How dare they? Yeah, and his his fist is as tight as Arthur's. Like, it's, it's on. Like, I would love to see an embroidered shirt that says, like, his fist as tight as Arthur's. It just sounds so... Fist? Yeah. All right, so uh, do you head inside? Yeah, I guess. Why not, right? Yeah, let's go. Tally-ho. All right, so you head down this stairway. At the bottom of the stairs is a square room with a pedestal in the center. The walls of this room are adorned with murals of wolves running through a verdant forest. The wall across from the door is taken up entirely by a depiction of the pack leader, an enormous black wolf with golden eyes and a girl riding his back. The wolf and the girl are crouched low and their eyes seem to follow you as you move around the room. The murals on the left and right walls are painted around elaborate archways, though there is a solid wall beyond these arches. On the keystone of the left archway is a wolf, and on the keystone of the right there is a deer. The pedestal in the center of the room has a horizontal spoked wheel at the center. It is made of wood, which is dried out and cracked from age and disuse. Slumped against the pedestal, there is a dry and aged skeleton, clothed in scraps of black robes, still holding a dull dagger in its bony hand. I elbow Rupert again, and I point to the skeleton, and I go, This yours? (laughs) Rupert quickly checks to make sure his skeleton is still there. Yes. No, no, not mine. (laughs) Some some poor, dreadful fool who tried to conjure more than they could handle, it seems. And Rupert kind of, like, looks around the place. Perhaps. <sighs> no. <laughs> well, maybe. Perhaps this could be the site. I don't, I don't know. We should, we should perhaps look around a little bit more. Okay. When, when you say the site, you, you got one in mind? The, the site of... Well... Something must have happened, we don't know what, that made this place so thinly veiled between here and the void. And Rupert kind of like looks around after saying the void, (laughs) as if just speaking it would summon some demons or something. So there had to have been some large cataclysmic event that would make this place so prone to the other side. Cat... Um, what do, what do we know of, like, the big, um, apocalypses that have happened? Make a history check. Let's see, I will also make a history check. Yeah, because Corbin probably hasn't read a single fucking book in his life. Yeah, Fran's not here. <laughs> what? Natural one, baby, I sure haven't. <laughs> I've never <laughs> fucking read. <laughs> you don't read 100% of the books you can't read. Yes. Yeah, that's- uh, Slake? Sorry, sorry, lads. I got a fucking four. So apparently <laughs> I was too busy reading fucking YA and middle grade novels to open a history book. The only literature you received in the Red Caves were whatever was left behind by travelers. And that was mostly YA novels and Sojo Minga. So, Maybe you know. like the occasional romantic erotica. You did. There was a copy of uh, He Who Comes, A Tale of Lust with Death. <laughs> uh, that was left behind. But Namavi, your mentor, uh, she confiscated that from you. Damn it. It it was just getting spicy. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, you know nothing about history. Uh, you know the world has ended several times. You know, there was there's definitely a flood because that was the whole plot point at the last arc. Yes. There was like a big fire, too, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a big fire. Yeah. You know that one. Yeah. I bet yeah. there was an earthquake. It's probably an earthquake. I feel like this is an earthquakey kind of place. I'm getting I'm getting yeah. earthquakey vibes. Well, and not only because there was maybe an earthquake earlier. Right. I think then I'd like to... Do an investigation check on the weird wooden wheel thingy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that is going to be a fucking five. So you can spin it. You can look at it and you know you can definitely spin that wheel. Oh. All right. The price is fucking right style. You could just give it a good old spin. I say to the others, it looks like this wheel can be spun. <laughs> good observation. Kat, I'd like to make two checks right now. I do have great wisdom, so we're going to do a wisdom check to see if I can resist spinning the wheel. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Should have seen that coming. Oh, God. That was a... um, Oh, it's 11. Yes. I am going to to grab Corbin before he can go through with spinning this wheel and inevitably ending all of our lives. Okay. Um, This is enough. Corbin says, yeah, no, yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) And then he goes and he investigates the um, the deer. You said there was a deer mural or something? Uh, the keystone of the archway to the right has a carving of a deer. Uh, he wants to go investigate that, like, arch slash hallway? It's, it's just an arch with a solid wall behind it. Okay, then he wants to go investigate that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is 14. Uh, 14, okay. Looking at the deer, it's interesting the style of carving, it reminds you a lot of the style of art that was very popular on Estra. It looks like it might have been an older predecessor to that style. As for the arch itself, otherwise, you don't really... It, it's a solid wall behind it, so it's rock. It's stone. You hit it and you're, it hurts your fist. So you said it was a keystone, as in it's the stone at the top of the door? Yes. Okay, got it. And the doors are shut? There is no door. It is just an archway, solid wall behind it. Oh, okay. So that's... Rupert just kind of pontificates as he's walking around the room, kind of like maybe kicking the skeleton a little bit, just <laughs> making sure it's not a demon. And he, he comes up to the, the wolf and he's like, well, there were, weren't there paws on the roof or like remnants of that we saw on the way in here? Hmm. Perhaps this is related to this wolf-riding adventurer here. I elbow Corbin, and I say, Didn't you have, like, a wolf friend? Well, the this looks like Kaya and Fenrir. Rupert kind of flinches a little bit when you, you say that. What, you don't like wolves? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, well, obviously I love dogs and all, all breeds of such. Just, ugh. What? What's what's happening? Talk to, let's let's sit down and talk about our emotions, Rupert. What's going I'm on? So, I'm sorry that I interrupted here. No, please, please go on. Is it Kai? <clears throat> yeah, I've just never been a fan of of certain. You know, there's just a lot of mystery shrouding all that. So yeah, I like to imagine that Rupert is constantly carrying around like a little mug, and every time somebody asks him a question, <laughs> he just takes a sip. That's absolutely That's happening. Spit take. <laughs> He's got a canteen full of tea. Yeah. Okay, so then Corbin says, um, so that's so that's Kai and Fenrir. 
and Sir Nunes over there. Where is my heritage? Yeah, you're right. There's no crow. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you could maybe make another history check if you want to deduce the answer. Five. I got a 15, but I don't think it would be appropriate for me to know. It's like, though, you can sort of, um, using logic and critical thinking skills, uh, skills which Corbin, as we all know, does not have. Uh, he does not have a, he does not have the brain cell today. No, he lost it in the war. Uh, you remember, <laughs> you sort of remember things that Fran and Corbin have told you and that in, in antiquity, before their island got taken up into the sky, the wolves and the crow and the deer were all enemies. Okay. Did did the deer and the the wolves, like, did they make a, a pact before maybe the crows came into it? That you don't know. Okay, okay. The other thing I want to know about is, like, how much do we people of Avalis in general know about Kai? Um, you know very little. Because you haven't had, as we've just established, a lot of history reading, you probably haven't heard about her before all of this. She's mentioned in stories about other gods, but there's very little actual knowledge about her or her mythology or what she was even the god of or... It's really the myth of her raising an island into the sky is known, but that's told as a myth. It's not really part of the religion. So I'm going to say to Rupert, uh, Rupert, what do you know about Kai? <sighs> something about, um, I think she was like the, something with water, a lot of water, which is strange because we're now in a desert. I don't know. That's kind of why I came here. I don't really like the rain. Built up my little cottage here and, you know, it's nice and simple out here in the wilderness. But yeah, I think maybe has something to do with water. I don't know. Okay. Because you seemed like, you know, kind of upset when you saw that it was a depiction of Kai. Yeah, I mean, it was just surprising. It was alarming uh, seeing something of her. I mean, we've the libraries are trying have tried to research things about her for centuries, and here we have a giant mural of her. I'm just shocked, very shocked. Rupert, I know a noise of disgust when I hear one. <laughs> Let me tell you. I think I I accidentally got some crow tea. That might have been it. Suspicions abound. What do you guys want to do? Rupert would like to investigate the the body that had black robes. Uh, were they near the wheel or something? Yes, they're slumped up against the pedestal by the wheel. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he's going to investigate that. The hell out of that with... Fuck. We're just... This <laughs> temple has cursed us. I rolled a two plus seven. No. None yeah. of us know shit about Jesus. anything. Rupert. And I'm a librarian. You discover that this... This is a person? They died? Fuck! This bad person, this wretched person died here. Hmm. Haha. <laughs> Defeated. Oh shit, I thought they were still alive, maybe. Nope, see how the teeth chatter when you go... Oh! Oh yes, I see now, you're right. It's a good sign of, of no yeah. mortal life left. Well, I'm glad we figured that out. You're welcome. 
I guess I will investigate the skeleton because I haven't done that. And maybe someone else can look at the fucking wheel because I'm too goddamn dumb to it learn spins. about wheels. I guess. Uh, Corbin will look at the wheel. <laughs> All right, we're switching. We're switching. Okay. I got a two, so Corbin doesn't know anything <laughs> about the wheel. All right, well, t- here's this. What's a wheel? <laughs> So, investigation <laughs> check on this skeleton. I got 16. Please, Christ, do I learn any information? Yes. Looking at this skeleton, you see it has a lot of broken bones. It doesn't look like these bones were broken after it was dead, either. However this person died, it was very painful. Great. I say to the others, okay, so it looks like there's a lot of broken bones on this skeleton. I'm guessing that when we turn the wheel, if we turn the wheel, something not super great is going to happen. I'm closer than I've ever been before. And Rupert makes eyes at both Slake like really quickly and then back at Corbin. And then he just reaches his hand out and he spins the wheel. Just oh my God. Price is right style. No! <laughs> are you guys in the room? Uh, Rupert is obviously at the wheel. I'm also near the wheel because I was just investigating it. I guess I'm near the corpse, so I'm also near the wheel because I was looking at the skeleton. We're all near the wheel, cat. So you turn the wheel and a force cage activates around the three of you in the wheel. As the wheel spins, the room begins to descend. You see the solid walls beyond the archways moving as the room itself sinks further into the earth. Outside of the force cage, two shadowy creatures pull themselves up out of the earth. They are black and covered in spikes, with monstrous faces full of teeth. They pace around the outside of the cage, but are unable to get through the solid walls of force around you. Seems like you made a good choice, all being inside the cage. (laughs) I love this vivid storytelling. Well, I'm glad that worked out. And uh, finger guns from Rupert. Uh, The room locks into place after a minute, and there is now darkness beyond the archways to the left and the right. The doorway you came in is now a solid wall beyond its arch. The demons cackle and slip out the two newly appeared doors, vanishing into the side rooms. Wow, that was awesome. (laughs) Um. How exciting, exhilarating, really. (laughs) There's a demon in each side room. Mm-hmm. So, Rupert, you, you've read a lot of books about the void. You got any hot demon-killing tips? Would that be a history check on the demons? Uh, let's call it an arcana check. You got it, dude. Nice. 17 plus 7, 24. Boom. You know they are very resistant to attacks which are not magical. Yeah, we're going to want to uh, really pile on the magical attacks with these with these fellas. Okay. As for the names of them, nope, it slips my mind. Like a demon slipping into the void. Okay, well I guess we'll just ask him when we meet him. Oh, I should have mentioned the the force cage around you dissipates once you um once the room locks into place. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, you aren't trapped there. Um though that would be fun too. <laughs> for me. Hmm, so which should it be, the wolf or the deer, predator or the prey? Well, friends, guardian god was the deer, so Nunes, so 
Maybe that one? Corbin looks at Slake. I mean, I guess we might as well start somewhere. All right. Okay. Uh, You enter through the right archway and the door behind you shuts as soon as the three of you are inside. And in front of you are the bars of a cage through which you can see a deer. You are in a small room inside this cage door and you can see that there are others in cages as well. Wolves. But they're not real. Just like the deer is also not real. They're constructs. Then the cage door creaks open and the deer takes off down the hallway. The wolves surge past you, giving chase. So their doors must open too? Yes. Okay, so this is happening right now. Yes. Shall we follow? Uh, I guess. Should we try and stop the wolves? Well, they're not real. Let's at least see how it ends. Yeah, but... Perhaps. So... Uh, All right. So we, we give chase, I guess? So you guys sort of follow at a distance, or do you do you try and catch up? Let's catch up, right? I think let's try and catch up, yeah. All right, please uh, make an athletics check. That's a nat 20. Fucking wasted, but I'm athletic as hell. I got a 13. Uh, Rupert, the old librarian, got a 12. <laughs> okay, Corbin, you like immediately feel at home in this wild chase. Yeah, I'm ready for it. And you just take off after this deer, and it brings back memories of training exercises you used to do in the forest, where you would Mm. chase deer. You and the crows and the wolves, you'd all chase down a deer, and whoever would catch it first would get a prize. Get to have the first bite of its juicy flesh. (laughs) No! You didn't eat them. Uh, But you get close to the deer, and then around you, the wolves begin to lunge at the deer. And one of them sinks its teeth into the flesh of the construct, and the deer goes down. And then you feel pretty bad suddenly, as a wave of force hits you, and all three of you blink, and you are back in the cage, looking at the deer construct. Wait, we're in the cage? Yes, right back where you started. And you glance above you and see that there are three lights above the cage, and one of them has gone out. Okay, so we gotta save this plasma deer. Yes, it appears we only have two more tries to do it, and do it right. Okay, um... Cat, can we touch them? Yeah. Okay. The cage door opens again, and the wolves take off after the deer. Can Rupert cast Hold Person on one of the wolves? Yeah. All right, he does so. The wolf is held. Ooh. How many wolves are there? There are five. I want to turn into a giant boar cat. Oh, okay, all right. I'm just going to run with the wolves and try and, like, body check them all all a bunch. I'd like to, if I could, I could ride Corbin, and then at the end, I could jump off and try and pick up the deer. Hell yeah. All right, Corbin. Uh, So first, Corbin, please make an athletics check. Okay. Uh, 19. All right, yes. You are able to surge past the deer with your burst of wild energy. Mm. Uh, Slake. Well, I think what I'd like to do is I'd like to uh, dismount Corbin- and I just want to pick that deer right up in my arms. Yeah. Uh, all right. Why don't you make me an athletics check as well? You know, normally I'm good at this. Normally I'm good at athletics, but that's a fucking 10. So it's like you try and heroically leap from Corbin's charging back <laughs> um, and you just beef it. Your foot lands wrong. Your ankle rolls under you and you just just eat shit. You go down. You just eat shit. Can I um try to like lift the deer up in my tusks and carry it? <laughs> Away. Uh, why don't you make an attack roll for oh, me? Shit. Well, okay. <laughs> to gore this deer. <laughs> I hope I don't accidentally kill the fucking deer. Fourteen. 
You charge toward the deer with your tusks lowered, ready to forklift this creature up, and then a shadowy figure emerges from its back, clawing its way up the construct till a terrible demon is astride the deer and it pushes you back with its foot. Let's roll initiative. Okay. The fuck? 15 for Rupert. 12. 14. Oh, so you guys, there is a demon. It is on deer back. There are wolves around you. So wait, is it still on the deer back or is it like outside of, is it riding the deer? Oh, yes. Okay, that's kind of cute. Yeah, it's riding the deer. It's a little cute. Yeah, it's cute. And it's also Rupert's turn. Yeah, um, I'm going to Eldritch Blast this demon right back to the void from which it came. So, all right, there we go. So it's a critical hit because it's a 19 and the fighter trait carries over to when spells are attacks because it's all attacks. Noise. Two Eldritch Blasts erupt from my electronic (laughs) hands. So that's 21 points of damage total. Ouch, it is really not a huge fan of that. In fact, it dislikes it. Uh, If this damage was a person, it could drink. (laughs) A very mature damage. Very mature damage. Slake, you are up. You are also on the ground. So yes, I'm going to use my only magical weapon, the Rapier of Wounding, which I received from Zeroth. So I will go ahead and uh, get up off the ground. Does that take any of my... uh... Uh, I think it would take half your movement. Um, So we'll save the barbed devil. Well, now you know that's what it's called. The demon uh, has not gotten too far away from you yet. Uh, You can catch up to it. Okay, cool. So that is going to be... Ooh, hell yeah. Over 20. Over 20. Ooh, that'll hit. All right, cool. And then let's see what we got. Six damage for my first attack. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, I rolled 19. That'll hit. Cool. And that'll be seven damage. Okay. And because that hit twice, and it has got that magical property to it, yes. at the start of each of the wounded creature's turn, it's going to take 1d4 necrotic damage for each time I've wounded it, which will be twice. But it can make a DC 15 constitution saving throw to end the effect. Okay. See, I put the D4s and I will roll. Nice. They're right here. They're visible. Don't let me forget. Yeah, I'll yell at you. Well, thank you. Uh, It is now the demon's turn, so actually, you don't need to. Uh, Okay, it will take seven damage of wounding. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. And it is going to hurl itself from the back of the deer and just fling itself at you, Slake. And it will attack three times. Uh, 20, but not natural on one of those attacks. That'll hit. Uh, One of them is a 19, and the other is a 10. Okay, two of those will hit. Okay, two of them will hit. It flings itself at you, and you are able to push one of its clawed attacks off of you, but it gets you with the other claw and then slams you in the leg with its barbed spiky tail. And it is going to do six plus another 13, 19. 19. Numbers. I know them. You know I love them. Meanwhile, the deer is still running away. Corbin, you are up. You are a boar. Um, okay. So I'm going to try something. And it might not work. And if it doesn't work, I've wasted my spell. My single fifth level spell slot. But I hope it does work. That you can't cast as a boar. I know. I turned back into a human. How boring. I'm going to cast... (laughs) Planar... 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 Planar. Planar, thank you. Uh, planar binding on the demon. Interesting. The demon has to make a uh, charisma saving throw. All right, that is a cool five. So the, the demon is bound to me now. 
Um, but there are very specific rules for this. A bound creature must follow your instructions to the best of its ability. Um, I might command the creature to accompany me on an adventure, a guard location, deliver a message, blah, 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 blah. The creature obeys the letter of your instructions, but if the creature is hostile to you, it strives to twist your words to achieve its own objectives. Oh, monkey paw. Yes. All right. Well, now you have a demon friend who is friends with you against its will. Yes. Yay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's exciting. Uh, so this demon stops in its track as it is wrestling Slake, and it turns and looks at you very slowly, Corbin, with just absolute rage on its face. <laughs> Corbin points at it and is like, <laughs> Corbin, what did you do? I bound it to my service. <laughs> you can do that? Yeah, only once. Yeah, he found it in one of Rupert's books overnight. Amazing. Yeah, I was, I stayed up reading last night, Rupert's library. Anyways, the mystery is solved now. I do know how to read. <laughs> I just like a cut back to like you staying up late, like finding my little silver case of elven weed cigarettes yeah. and like burning oh, through all man. of them and just being like, I can do I what? can do anything. And then I learned this spell. <laughs> okay. So you bound a demon to you. It's bound for 24 hours. Uh, hello, demon. It hisses. It's really mad. So it definitely doesn't. We have to be really careful what we tell it to do. Uh, cause it will try and fuck us up. But technically, it does have to do what we tell it. Would it be safer then if we asked it to go back to the void? I don't know, I've uh, never had a demon friend before, this is kind of exciting. I mean, I'm a little excited, yeah, I kind of want to play with it. Uh, while you were contemplating this, ahead of you, the deer is taken down by the wolves, which surged ahead of you. Oh, come on! Oh, <sighs> shit. <laughs> Yeah, Shit. you forgot about that. Oh, okay. And you, in a blink, are back in the cage, and two of the lights are out, and the demon is also in the cage with you, and it looks very upset about that. <laughs> Corbin. Good work, young lad. Thank you. So I'm very proud when little tear is in Rupert's eye. It hisses at you, and it lunges, but it can't really lunge. Yeah, buddy. He's so mad. Could we make the demon save the deer for us? I bet the demon knows how to solve this puzzle. You know, okay, yeah, but, but we have to be really careful. Here, let me try this out. And I ask in first Abyssal, can you help us out? But it just sounds like, <laughs> it glares at you and says, I must do what I am ordered. Yeah, it's going to do whatever it's ordered, it says. Yeah, but we, we have to be careful. Could you ask it how to... To solve this puzzle. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I I turn to the demon and I say, "Tell me how to solve this room puzzle in such a way where none of us die or are injured at all." Uh, it glares. <laughs> it doesn't like that wording. Yeah, but it doesn't. And then it looks at Rupert and says, "You have to be the hunter. Take down the prey." Oh. It has just told me that we must hunt down the deer ourselves. Didn't see that one coming. Very intriguing. Okay, well. Kind of dark, but all right. It is dark. So who wants to kill the deer? Rupert was slowly <laughs> lifting his hand. <laughs> Go at it, Rupert. And uh, he uses minor illusion to conjure Nyx beside him as if a hunting companion. Aww. Nice. And Rupert starts sprinting towards the deer. All right, uh, make an attack roll, Rupert. Uh, actually, first make an athletics check to oh, do no. your- Oh, these old bones. 
Hey, 17. Noise. <laughs> uh, you are able to chase down this deer. Now, please make an attack roll. Uh, 17 total. Okay, yeah, you hit it. Roll damage. Ooh, nice. So that's 10 points of damage total. Ooh, nice. You get it in one shot. The wolves around you slow and come to a stop as the deer collapses and then vanishes in a puff of white smoke. The wolves do the same, disappearing in front of your eyes. Oh, I did it. weakness. Your one weakness. A closed door. That's the BBEG for the episode. Mm. Door. AC 320. (laughs) Listen, we're making jokes, but truly their one weakness is a locked door. Yep. Yeah, we Uh, struggle with doors. And then in our other party, we no knock and have a rogue. We didn't do it very smart. Although Corbin Corbin has found (laughs) success by just setting doors on fire. So that's true. 